Hello, and welcome to Along River in the Wilds, a podcast looking at community initiatives, education, and healthcare in rural North Central Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Rihanna Hibbler. Throughout the series, we sit down with local changemakers to discuss their work in the region in the hopes that we can better understand the complex challenges they face as well as the strengths of these small communities. Today's episode is the second part of our interview with Jackie Martin, who is the superintendent of Keystone Central School District, which serves most of Clinton County and parts of Center and Potter County. For the second part of our conversation, we went into more details about the community and relationships within the community, as well as social and economic challenges facing local residents. As this was recorded over the summer, quite a few of these initiatives have been enacted already, and I look forward to seeing their outcome over the next few years. So far, the goal of connecting with the community has been apparent in frequent articles published through the Express, as well as a strong social media presence. You can follow Keystone Central School District on Facebook or Instagram by searching for KCSD. Now, on to the show. Do you feel the different neighborhood elementary schools and also the kind of separation between Central Mountain and Bucktail and just like how that Western end of the district works together? Well, it's interesting. Um, the There's not a lot of collaboration between the two high schools yet. Okay. So I'm going to be... And I think what that does is that limits opportunity for yeah. all kids, which is against what we're trying to do. So what we're going to work on doing is having a common schedule. Okay. A common time schedule, bell schedule between the two high schools and the middle schools. Yeah. And then we're also going to be using technology to open up okay. uh, opportunities. And then this diversified occupations I was telling you yeah. about, that's going to allow students who don't have I mean, they have, they're allowed to come, students in Bucktail are allowed to come here for career and technical center programs. There's only one that's housed up there, and it's construction tech. Okay. So if I want to be in health occupations or agriculture mechanics, I need to leave my home school to come do that, and a lot of the kids aren't willing to do it. Yeah, and it's quite a hike, and if weather is bad or... (laughs) 30 miles on a bus up and back, and so this diversified occupations allows kids to not have to leave their home school but still have... Uh, relevant experiences yeah. that they want to do, but we should be able to open up um, that collaboration using technology, which is not yeah. that expensive. Yeah. Um, to, you know, three kids up there are taking AP Psych, and we have yeah. twenty five here. We make it one section, one teacher who teaches and yeah. pulls those kids in. Yeah. And then we have an adult, obviously, on this end. Yeah, and I feel like that's also preparing them for the way that colleges and universities are moving, too, because so many of my lectures are just pre-recorded, and you need to watch and learn at your own pace, Mm -hmm. which is great Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, but also, you know, it's it's different. Yeah, (laughs) but I think it's teaching them skills, though, that they're going to need. Yeah. Because what's going to stop you when you're a doctor from really... planning or being a team member with someone from India nothing yeah yeah (laughs) and like your willingness and your you know access to technology so why would we deny them access I mean to me that is a skill they're going to need for regardless of what job which goes right along with the preparing piece you know 
like yeah. challenges and opportunities. Yeah. How are you going to communicate with doctors around the world? And you can't isolate yourself from everybody else. Yeah. You need to continue to learn and grow in that field. Yeah. And it's a lot about building relationships. So when you don't know something, you can go to someone who does. <laughs> Get that help faster. Um, how is enrollment? Enrollment's been steadily declining. And yeah. that's similar to um, any district in the places. state. A lot of them are. I think yeah. people are having less kids. Yeah. There are cyber options. Yeah. Uh, there are charter school options, and so you're taking the same amount of kids or less yeah. kids and spreading them across. So yeah. there's been a lot of school closures. This district used to have 13 elementary schools. Oh, wow. There are currently six. Um, there were 13 yeah. when I was yeah. in elementary school. Yeah. Um, and are demographics shifting much in the region? Higher poverty. Yeah. Much higher poverty than ever used to be, yeah. And I think that has to do with some decisions that have been made in the county at the commissioner's level, you know, um, to accept low-income housing payments. And now you're drawing a different clientele of folks into the area. And my understanding, I can't recite this statistic, but the city of Lock Haven is one of the poorest cities in the state. So I was just, I was looking at an article yesterday, and it's ranked as number two. And Renova's ranked as 18, I want to say, and Lock Haven's percentage is quoted as 40%. But um, this morning I was talking to Angela Harding, um, and she said that that statistic was a little bit biased because of including the university. Mm-hmm. And with it being a smaller town, that makes it a little bit skewed. Um, Indiana was number one, and I'm wondering if IUP probably is. Yeah influencing theirs as well but yeah and i know yeah. in state college there theirs is probably also skewed because yeah. they also have grad students yep a massive number of grad students who are included in that number who yeah don't yes technically they meet that criteria but it doesn't it's an educated yeah. poverty yeah exactly which is very different exactly and with like a lot of college towns, so many of them were able to get through the recession in part because of having the student base, which is more like federal loan money yes. supporting local economies. So mm-hmm. absolutely, it makes yeah. a difference. That's yeah. why Happy Valley is called Happy Valley. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yep. during every recession, it's yeah. an education town. It's yeah. surviving. Yeah, I went down to Morgantown for an interview. Uh, last year and it was a similar thing where it's just like this packed little college town and since it has the whole gamut up through med school and law school and whatnot like it gets by when around it it has a lot of issues but um what do you see as like the local retention or regional return whether it's people staying in the area and getting jobs or people going off for an education or military service and coming back? Yeah, I don't have any statistics on that for here. Okay. I really don't, and I'm not sure how we would actually measure it. Yeah. Um, but the idea is that you do want people to return to the area, you know? Yeah. Don't just go get educated, go to the big city, but, like, yeah. we still have a need here and a passion here for, for folks. But um, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I think that there's some... Um, if you look at the deep culture in the community, mm-hmm. there is strong family ties. Yes. And so a lot of people do return because their parents are here. They want yeah. to come back home. And uh, as I mentioned to you, I'm 50. So yeah. 
that I've had several friends reach out and contact me and say, you know, my mom and dad are getting older, or their jobs there, yeah. you know, what, you know, why did you go there? Why are you back? Yeah. You know, um, that kind of stuff. So, I, I think people have a desire to do that when their parents are older. Yeah, and that might draw them back, but how are we not losing them in the first place? And ironically, I just spoke to the Dean of Education at LHU and she was reading an article on teachers and where they end up teaching. And she was saying, quoting something like 80% of teachers end up teaching in a district, in their home district where they grew up or nearby. <laughs> yeah. And she thought that was really amazing, but yeah. yet that's what you know, that's where you're comfortable, that's where your connections yeah. are. And when there's openings, you, you want to do that. Most people yeah. do want to move to their homes yeah. and come back. So yeah. I think there's a desire, and I believe that the economic or the job rate in Clinton County is the lowest it's been in a long yeah. time. Yeah. The unemployment rate is yeah. super low right now. Just generally, what would you say are the strengths of the region, and how are you harnessing them? <laughs> so that was a question I asked everybody I was you know, yeah. doing my... my um, research on whether or not to come here uh it's the people it's the it's the work ethic and it's the ethical values and when we look at actual data points and we look at the pays you survey data okay. there's um some real strengths in kind of like that protective factors of family yeah that family culture and ironically that's also what's breaking down so it's strong we need to keep it strong um because a lot of parents or grandparents are raising the children around here yeah. and then they're bickering with the parent, you know. Yeah. But there's still strong family ties and those protective factors are high. Yeah. Um, and then what are some challenges that you're trying to address more on the community scale? Communication and uh, mental health. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I imagine that addressing the mental health part would help with the family tie part. I think so. Too. Um, the, the communication just has to do with like keeping people informed and engaged in education and understanding yeah. that we're here to, to serve as opposed to be the dartboard yeah. <laughs> um, or the enemy, so to speak. Yeah. And um, another one of those challenges would be attendance. And okay. I think the attendance is extremely poor because of communication. So yeah. when students are missing school so let's say you skip school right now there's no procedure in place for contacting your parents and telling them you weren't here today because legally you have three days to bring in a note until it turns yeah. illegal yeah and so nothing really happens because you could have three illegals yeah so let's say you skip the second day and you skip the third day now you've been out of school for three days your grades are suffering yeah maybe because if you're smart enough just to do it regurgitate didn't matter if you were there or yeah. not and so then to all the processes kick in place to a letter gets mailed home to tell your parents yeah. you missed three days, what the hell happened? Yeah. So, and what happens if you skip, skip, come, skip, you know, and you drag this whole process yeah. out. So in all said, you could have skipped straight through all of those days and for something to kick in, you would have already missed 10 or 12 days of school yeah. before your parents were even aware that you weren't here. Yeah. And that's a lot. <laughs> so... Why are we not putting yeah. some things in place electronically or otherwise to contact yeah. parents on the first day that you're absent to remind you to bring in a note? Yeah. What do you mean yeah. she wasn't there? Yeah. <laughs> you know, your parents would know by 10 o'clock in the morning yeah. the absence that you weren't there. Yeah. yeah. 
It's that yeah. simple, but it's not <laughs> happening. And what's yeah. really frustrating to me is we have the technology, but yep. nobody implemented it. Yeah. So that's one of the things that we're trying to clean up for next year. Our attendance rate at Central Mountain High School is equivalent to Harrisburg High School. 57% of our kids have regular attendance. Regular attendance is measured by um, a student who is present 90% of the time. 90% of the school year, you can still miss 18 days. Yeah, yeah that's 18 a lot. 18 days. Yeah. You're off every weekend. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's a lot of days to yeah. miss and still be considered a student of regular attendance by st- national standards. Yeah. So you've got regular attendance issues. We have a lot of kids when they're 17 because it's not compulsory by law to attend and there were no consequences for kids who weren't coming. I have seniors who were missing over 60 days. Wow. But they were passing. Some are on the honor roll. Yeah. And they're getting diplomas. <laughs> and we're losing funding because their butt's not in the seat. Yeah. So, like, there's all these things connected to it. Yeah. And it is kind of a balance. If the curriculum is such that you can miss that much time, then, it's not you relevant. know. I don't want to be there. Why yeah. should I be there? It's a waste of my yeah. time. Yeah. And a lot of jobs are transitioning mm-hmm. to non-40-hour work weeks where it's just mm-hmm. an expectation of get the work done. So we have to but, raise the expectation yeah. that we're in the classroom. We have yeah. to raise the expectation of kids for being here. We have to raise the level of support for kids being here. We have to raise the level of support for the teachers. Yeah. We have to make this a better quality thing because people want to be here. Yeah. And when they're not here and they're truant, yeah. three or more illegal days you're truant. Six or more illegal days you're habitually truant. And that's where you really start to see some of the breakdowns and, okay, what's the mental health of the parent at home? Yeah. Where's the support system? Why aren't they coming in? What's going on? We also have kids, and I mean, if you're following the papers regularly, you see the big drug bus and all that's going yeah. on. We have high school kids where parents are getting hauled off to jail, and they're living yeah. in the house for the rest of the month by themselves. Yeah. And only until the landlord comes and where's the rent do they get kicked out, and now they're homeless. Yeah. So we, we have those issues. Um, yeah. And they're challenging. But I think attendance, getting kids in school increasing the quality the level and increasing the funding back into the school kind of all works together so this upcoming school year um, aligned with all of these things if i'm focused on an attendance initiative growth and achievement is going to go up because Mm -hmm. they're going to be here their health and wellness we're going to know because we're going to be able to be on it sooner because they're here we should be able to identify things sooner And we need to be safe and supportive. And yeah. so, again, the strong relationships. So all of the attendance initiative kind of covers all of these things and improving yeah. them. Yeah. So I would think that that's an initiative to meet these goals. Yes. So do you have any other yeah. questions for me? I don't. Um, is there anything that you'd like to promote that's going on in the district? Um, I think the, the couple things that we're promoting is that career readiness with that diversified occupations yeah. and really making some relevance. Um, we're also... I would promote the professional learning community initiative because I think that's the avenue for all these things to happen. Yeah. Um, and it's a lifelong skill. And if our mm-hmm. teachers are modeling growth mindset and collaboration, it's a skill that people are going to be able to apply yeah. as a citizen. Um, I think those are the two main things. And with those two things, I think come along an imp- improvement in the climate and the culture. Mm-hmm. of the district yeah yeah I feel like a lot of times the district the town and the people are kind of mm-hmm. separate and they feel pulled in different ways by the different entities yeah 
Um, so like a lot of people just view the district as like where their taxes go and don't see the measurable mm-hmm. outcomes of that investment. Um, and I feel like what you're trying to do is really going to show more. Yeah, and I think that relative, curri- mm-hmm. like relevant curriculum, rigorous and relevant curriculum yeah. is going to be huge in making people want to be part of yeah. of their own learning. And I guess the other thing I've been trying to do is give students voice and choice. Mm. Instead of more mandates, more choice, but mm-hmm. and more selection and engagement. So we've been trying mm-hmm. to do that too. So I don't know. There's just a lot going on, but... There's a lot yeah. of good things going on. And this concludes our conversation with Jackie Martin. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please subscribe for future episodes and find us on Facebook at Along River in the Wilds or on Instagram at River in the Wilds. Feel free to message us any questions or comments. For more podcasts like this, check out Rural Matters, The Homecomers, or any of the Strongtown Network shows, including Strong Towns, It's the Little Things, or Upzoned. I would like to thank the Jefferson Humanities Department and Scholarly Inquiry Track, including Megan Bowler, for supporting this work creatively, as well as my advisors, Dr. Rabinowitz and Dr. Motley. All views expressed in the show are my own and do not represent my university or any other organization. Mm-hmm.